Welcome to another episode of Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Is Giannis going to be the next Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Stick with me right here on Ball Court. Yes, welcome to Ball Court. I am Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And I'm telling you right now, the world of basketball has never, never looked so bright. And yes, though it is confusing, it seems like it's actually starting to make sense. The Orlando bubble has been absolutely phenomenal. I'm telling you, it's like games have been being played. Nobody's coming up sick. Things is working out. Everybody's working together. It is absolutely beautiful. So, you want to know where ball court is taking us today. Let me go ahead and tell you. Let me tell you the matchup that we're going to be talking about today. I know last week's matchup was a little bit solemn, but this week's matchup is going to be a little bit happy. Maybe, maybe not. If you live in Milwaukee, it might not be as great. Because this week's matchup is going to be Giannis versus free agency. Yes, that is correct. Giannis Antetokounmpo right now is staring at free agency after game five that has closed today. And yes, I don't, just in case anybody does not know and they have not watched it, yes, the Milwaukee Bucks are now currently out of the playoffs. And yes, the, the same Milwaukee Bucks that I am talking about, that was the number one team in the East going into the playoffs. Pretty much going into the pre-bubble or pre-COVID, this team was running on all cylinders. They were a team that looked like they could possibly knock off the Lakers or any team coming out of the West. But once they got into the bubble, the only thing, the problem was it didn't look as great for them that it looked for everybody else. I thought that everything was going to be beautiful over there. You know, we all thought that going into the bubble, that these things was going to make some changes. You know, people were going to grow up, attack a little bit, become a little bit better for themselves. But, you know, obviously things didn't work out that way for Milwaukee. As a matter of fact, Twitter started blowing up immediately after, you know, the whole scene took place. I'm talking about people were making jokes, you know. Like this one Twitter, uh, this one Twitter person, Sam Morell, was talking about, you know, step step one of Giannis to the Knicks at free agency. Hmm. Giannis to the Knicks? Is that going to be a possibility? Is this could be something that is knocking on the door of yesteryear? Is basketball just play itself out over and over again? Only time will tell. But I can tell you this one true fact of all the things that we look at. When we look at that series on a whole, we want to take a look at how it was dominated, who it was dominated by, and what took place. You know? Because when you look down, I'm telling you right now, Giannis Antetokounmpo was is a star. He's a phenomenal athlete. And obviously the Heat knew that. And going into the game prior to the injury, they they actually focused directly on him. You know, after the first two games that they were playing, you could clearly see that the intentions was that it was gonna all be on Giannis, stepping in front of different charges, doing things of that nature. But Giannis Antetokounmpo was a beast in these. But what is a beast when you meet up against somebody like you know, saying Jimmy Butler, who's pretty much an animal. He's a dog. 
You put him out there, he's going to go against anybody, fight anybody. He's, he, he's pretty much the type of person that you don't want to end up in a dogfight with. He's the one that's going to tell, hey, you know what? I think that I'm a little bit better than you. He's going to show you he is 10 times better than you in any situation. Because when you break it down and you look at different things and the things that they are doing with that team, with that Heat team, it's a young team that's doing very veteran-like things, having very veteran-like mentalities that they could actually attack and, and dominate their teams, you know, better than anybody else. And yes, exactly what I said. I hit it right on the nose. They're a young team that feels like they can hit it, do this better than everybody else. Exactly. Pun intended. What I'm trying to tell you is Giannis knows this. Giannis knows that they're a young team. They're an up-and-coming team. But taking a loss right now is something that maybe they they want, he wanted to do or maybe he didn't want to do. They lost. Think about it. They were the number one contending team. and They lost to an eighth-seed team and got beat 4-1. And let's be honest here. When we take a look at the one game that they did lose, that Miami lost, it wasn't like it was a, it was a blowout game where they gave the game away. They kind of did give the game away, but hands down, Tyler Hero was coming up, playing shots and doing things that nobody else could ever do. They pushed the game into overtime, and even in overtime in the last six seconds, Tyler Hero hit two three-pointers that possibly could have pushed the game into a double overtime or win the game if there was another chance at another shot. With three seconds left to go, they had a shot to get off, but it just didn't fall, or they just didn't get it inbounds the way they needed to get it. And it was due to a long pass because they had no more timeouts. But you came down to that one thing, and look what it took to get there. Chris Middleton have to drop 21. You know, they have to have a phenomenal drop 21 in the third quarter. He has to have a phenomenal game of going 34 points in order for them to get there after Giannis goes down. Of course, they were not going to be able to duplicate that once again. But obviously, Miami was. So as a team like that, it leads us to some questions. What is in the what is in the future for Giannis Antetokounmpo? What is in the future? What is coming down the line? Will he ever see Jimmy Butler again? And if he does, will it be in the same jersey as Jimmy Butler? Because let me tell you what goes ahead and looms for us right now. See, a lot of us think when we think about Giannis Antetokounmpo, when we think about the Milwaukee Bucks. We think that this is a match made in heaven, and you know, a marriage that is tied in place. But we've seen this scenario played out before. And let me go ahead and break this down. And yes, I'm going to go ahead and break this down old school style, so this is forever broke. Yes, the scenario did play out before, right there in Milwaukee, where you had a star, an actual MVP, come off, you know, and decide that he didn't want to play with Milwaukee no more. He had one year left in his contract, you know, and he decided that this is not what he wanted to do. And the star that I'm talking about is the one and only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, even though that he was doing great things for the 1971 and 72 season, although that he was making some miraculous moves in the 73 and 74 season, that loss or that early exit in the playoffs to the Celtics led him to make some decisions that he he pretty much, you know, had to take. 
think about it. Here goes his actual comments from that time. And this is the thing that makes me, you know, that brings me a little pause about it. He said, I had only one year left of my contract. And I told them I really wasn't interested in signing up again. I wanted to leave Milwaukee. If, if they would trade me, it would be the best thing for everybody. Think about this. Let's go ahead and look at some facts. Because these are the things that we want to think, hmm, is this going to be a situation where I'm going to go ahead and lay the report couple, you know, a couple weeks down the road that we could go ahead and claim this is shady or genius, but let's go ahead and take a look at this right now. Yes. Giannis Anatokounmpo, you know, back, you know, he actually signed a, he actually signed his contract way back in 2016. Prior to that 2017-18 season. Now this contract is going to actually run into the 2020 to uh 2020 to 21 season where he will then become an unrestricted free agent. Now, right now, he has one year left in his contract. If he doesn't sign the max contract right now, he has an opportunity of following the road of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now, we always think, where did, where did Kareem Abdul-Jabbar want to land? Hmm. At that time, he was looking at making sure that he was in a major market. And now the NBA wasn't as live and wasn't as uh, universal as it is now. So that major market that he was looking at going into was New York. Leads us to that earlier tweet. But possibly that's not the case for actually Giannis. Funny enough, the two teams that he's actually looking at or as is an open secret that's taking place in the bubble, that the two teams that he is contemplating is the two teams that has actually caused him turmoil in the postseason over the last couple of years. The Heat, that's taking place now with this great young talent, and the Raptors, which they're going through their own struggles by themselves. So when you take a look over there, you think, hmm, do I really want to leave this country now that I have a newborn and a wife? to go ahead and um, deal with these struggles? Or do I want to leave this blue-collar town with my wife that I found in this town and my new son and live in the beautiful you know, towns of Miami along with Jimmy Butler and the rest of the people out there, those young boys that are running up things and trying to do some big things and maybe I might be that last piece that get them to the championship. See, now these are all the topics that runs through their head. Now, that's the reason why we sit down. That's the reason why we play the game. Because when you look at it, when you sit back and you take a look and you say, man, back in 1971, there is no possible way that this guy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, would ever leave Milwaukee. And then one day, because he's killing everybody, I'm talking lighting up everybody on the bullets with the skyhook, and you say that skyhook will be with Milwaukee forever. And then, all of a sudden, out of the blue, just like that, you see that sky, same sky hook in purple and gold. And all you get for it is literally nothing. And you, it's considered the worst trade ever in basketball or the dumbest trade ever in basketball. That would be rather unfortunate. Hopefully they could get something for him. And maybe with the interest that is lurking with um, 
with Toronto as well as with the Heat, maybe they could probably get a trade in there instead of leaving him there for nothing. Hmm. I don't know. Just something to go ahead and figure. You know, because right now, the way I see it, as far as the Bucks, they're just standing around with their hands on their head. But I want y'all to stick around with me. Stick around for some more ball court. Right? This is ball court, the world of basketball. I'm Coach Drew. Hang with me. back to ball court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And guess what? The world of basketball now have questions because the world is wondering, hmm, after all these years of Mike D'Antoni, is small ball really going to be the answer this year? And we questioned, yes, right here on the same, very same show, we questioned, will small ball be the answer when they traded away all their bigs and left one big at the end of the bench the name of Tyson Champ. We question, will this be the case? Will P.J. Tucker be the one that's to take up all the way? Is small ball the answer? Is the way of Mike D'Antoni the way? Well, guess what? At this point in time, we are all left confused because when they came out and played that first game against the, uh, that first game against the Lakers, they looked phenomenal. Stretching the floor using those three-pointers, utilizing the same things that got them there in the first place. As a matter of fact, it seemed as if the Lakers themselves were mimicking them. So my question, is small ball the answer? I don't know. Let's go ahead and take a look at things now, because now the series has changed. I'm talking completely changed. Over the last two games, where in one game, uh, LeBron James literally has jumped over Russell Westbrook, and then blocking him just like you would block your little four-year-old that's playing on a little Fisher Price hoop just to show him that kind of dominance to show that, hey, you know what? I'm still the king of the pride, but this is the thing that you want to go ahead and do. And that's what was taking place directly during that game. LeBron showed that he was still king. Even in the first game in the loss, they showed that he was king. In the second game, another one, it showed an excellent dominance. Now, when we take a look at game, when we stop and we take a look at game three in itself, we say, hold on, that was a pretty close game. The Rockets looked like they had it for a while, but they really didn't. 
Because at the same point in time, LeBron James right now is still averaging the same points that he's been averaging. As a matter of fact, he came out there and dropped 36 points in this game. And that was 112 to 102. So with his 36 points and Anthony Davis's 26 points, they pretty much did everything that was needed to ensure that they were going to have this win. So what do you have to drop in? What? 50 points? That's a great way to show up for a team. I'm talking the entire rest of the team needs to drop 50 points in order to beat one person. So I know what you're saying. I know it's angry. Is small ball going to be the case? Is small ball going to be the one thing that's going to change everything for good? And I'm saying, I I don't think it would. I know you want to go ahead and look at things and say that, well, I disagree. But I feel that Mike D'Antoni himself would look at it and be like, hey, you know what? This is something that would, would not work. Because when you look at the matchups, I'm talking really take a look at these matchups against LeBron James, their point guard at this point in time, as well as because you say that Rajon Rondo, which is a more seasoned veteran of a point guard that uses a lot more tricks than uh, James Harden, is now dominating the ball. You're matching up James Harden against LeBron James. Don't get me wrong. James Harden's defense has improved immensely. But when you just take a look at the simple fact that after 17 years in the league, he's still getting literally head and shoulders above the rim, it makes you, it makes you stop and think. Is small ball going to be the case? I beg to differ because it seems like, yeah, you can spread the floor all you want as long as those three-pointers are working. You could definitely look at it and say that small ball is the case. Because if you match them up on somebody such as, like, a, you know, Coldwell Pope, and, you know, you put him on there, then small ball works. But hands down, it will be, it's, it's, a, long, it's a long day because I guarantee that even if you put James Harden down and you ask him the question, will he ever be able to beat LeBron James? He's just going to sit there and clap his hands and say, hey, he got it. Small ball will never be a championship. It was great during the record. Beautiful. It's beautiful to watch. But we forget how many games that they actually lose in between. We forget how many times that it's a close game and small ball doesn't work. The inside-out game, I know it's traditional. I know it's something that you people still disbelieve in. I know it's something that people look at and they laugh, but that inside-out game is still just possible, possibly the best part of basketball right now. Work it through the inside. Force the, force the defense to collapse and then go outside. You cannot do that if you don't have a big to do that. Small ball will never work in the NBA. That's my, that's my thought on it. But before we get before we continue talking about home cooking, we're gonna go ahead and speak about them ladies. Yes. When in the ladies first in the ladies first comment, I have to speak about one person. One person and one person only. Erica Ogumike. She is pretty much hands down the best basketball player. I have ever seen. And I'm not sitting here saying the best ladies basketball player, the best woman. No, 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 no. I'm saying the best basketball player I have ever seen. She's playing on a level which cannot be compared to anyone. I'm saying 
if you take a look over these last few games, this is, and I'm just telling you, this is just from, if we're looking from the 14th of August to the 6th of September, right? This is not even a month span. She dropped, uh, I'm talking, she's consistently, consistently has gone over 10 points a game. I was looking consistently in double digits. And I'm not talking like double digits, like fame double digits. I'm talking 33 points a game. I mean, 33 points, uh, 22 points, 39 points, 30 points. As a matter of fact, over that span, she dropped 30 points three different times. She dropped 20 points over, she dropped 20 points over seven different times. I'm telling you, the, her lowest score during that time was 14 points. She's an absolute scorer. And if you didn't get a chance to watch that last game that she played, and I'm talking, yes, that game, it was bittersweet for me. And I'm telling you why it was bittersweet for me, because she went out there and she stepped up against my aces and gave them that work. When I tell you she gave them that work, she gave them that work. And yes, the aces aren't in the playoffs, so I'm not mad about it. It is okay. I feel okay. I am 100% at peace. But she took and then to hit that, I'm talking hit it, a little clutch shot in the last six seconds, step back three, pop, bang. I'm talking, that was one of the most livest things that I've ever seen. And then came back, um, this was on the level of Tyler Hero now, came back into overtime and just, just, just proceeded to light them up. This is one of the best ballers. And if y'all are not watching her and not checking her out, you are missing out for yourselves. I'm telling you, go ahead and give her a round of applause. Yeah, she's doing her thing, man. Uh, doubt, matter of fact, the whole Dallas Wings team is looking really impressive. And that's somebody that you're going to have to look out for. That is a team you're going to have to look out for. I'm absolutely, absolutely out for them. And right now, I feel just like my locks, this segment is going a little bit too long. So I'm going to go ahead and move on. And I'm going to move from your coach. This quick one from I want everybody to remember. I understand that things taking place and it seems as if a lot of people are open the uh, safe is for everyone. So definitely health is gonna be the number one thing. See, we all want to be better ballers, but the first thing that we have to do is be healthy ballers. So when I ask you to stay safe, I do ask that please remain distant if you have to. Do And please wash your hands, do all of the things that you need to do to remain safe. I bring you this message because a friend of mine recently reported that he was actually, he actually uh, was sick. So I do want to wish him well, and I want to wish that everyone remains safe during this time. All right? And especially during this pandemic, this is a this is a very scary time for all of us. I want to give a quick little shout out to you know everybody who's actually listening and watching and keeping up to date with the whole ball court and our Let's Kick It family, as well as the CWN Sports team. Thank you for bringing me here and allowing me to get take this chance to provide the people with my um my view of basketball when we take a look at things. And I want to go ahead and say, I got to give a big shout out to the Sean Harvey Morning Show. They're doing some big things. Please, if you are not listening, 
tune in, listen, check them out. You can check them out on radio.com along with Ballcourt, along with Let's Kick It, as well as The Blitz. Man, that my guy, he's doing his thing. Keep on checking out his show. It's provocative. It's interesting. It's a different take on sports and how it is hidden our nation. And I'm telling you, it is it is the one thing that I love to listen to. I dig it. I know that you would dig it too. And my name is Coach Drew. I'm going to check you next time right here in our ball court. This is the world of basketball. And I love y'all all. I will see y'all next time. Cash to Checking is one of the nation's leading finance companies, providing up to $400,000 in unsecured funding for business or personal use. We have relationships with over 250 lenders nationwide. Through the use of our proprietary software, we are able to secure over 80% more funding for our clients. We help clients obtain funding for real estate investment, business startups, down payment assistance, working capital, medical, legal, education, funeral expenses, and more. We also provide 100% financing on fix and flips if you can qualify. We do not offer credit cards or lines of credit, which can later be revoked. Our loans are funded solely in cash to our borrowers in five to seven days. There are no prepayment penalties and no collateral requirement. Leverage our expertise to obtain fast approvals, no upfront costs, and affordable payments with cash going straight to your checking. So what are you waiting for? Let Cash to Checking make that next deposit to help with your funding needs. Visit us online at cashtochecking.com or call 310-987-0824 to start your funding today. This is a CWN Sports Network.